You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. He has torn, he will heal, is the title of this devotion. It is throughout the whole Bible, Old and New Testament shown, how our loving Heavenly Father deals with all of us as his sons and daughters, and how that actually is the greatness of his love, that despite that we don't always act like sons and daughters, He always remains Father. Even Jesus is called in Isaiah chapter 9, everlasting Father, everlasting. In other words, His fatherhood is always there for you and me, for us to be able to call upon Him as His children. However, in dealing with us, as a father and we his children, that does mean he disciplines us if need be. And that is something we may not always hear about, but we do go through it. And it's important we do learn about it. And so I want to start with you in one of these phenomenal chapters in the Bible, Hosea chapter 6, but the last verse of chapter 5 is where I'll start in Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. So what the Lord is saying, I will withdraw to my place then they begin again to feel the frailty of their person without my manifest presence and the afflictions that brings about without me so that they will again realize the importance of my presence. That is one of the life's lessons from the Garden of Eden where Adam betrayed God by eating, disobeying his command, by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and became separate from God and became self-conscious instead of God-conscious and became subject to that over which he was to rule, the earth, which of course his body was part of the earth. And you could see how the earth is affected by the life that is lived on it. Many times people think that the only reason the earth is having its contractions is because of some of the ways of man, but it is the real nature of sin that causes the earth to convulse and, uh, and start embodying that very lifestyle of godlessness. And you could see throughout the history in the Bible that when God's people returned to the Lord, the land became blessed and the land began to prosper. And here the Lord says, I will withdraw my presence so that in their affliction of their own frailty, they will again return to me and realize without me, life is miserable. And then look what it says in chapter six, verse one, come, let us return to the Lord for he has torn, but he 
will heal us. The title of this devotion. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain in its turn the earth. You can see here how they knew about God's faithfulness and how gracious he was by always being there for them, but how their own hearts were wayward. And you see, we could look at the wayward heart of others and maybe, and in some ways, rightfully so, be critical. However, Jeremiah shows in chapter 17 of Jeremiah that all of our hearts have the nature of sin in it in departing from the living God. And here, Jeremiah shows us what is the real answer for that wayward heart, for that heart that withdraws from God and then begins to have all of its troubles. Look what it says here in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Oh Lord, Jeremiah is praying, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in a man who walks to direct his own steps. The Amplified would say this way, or the Living Bible says, Lord, even when I'm at my best, I make a mess of things. Oh Lord, correct me, but with justice, not in anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Correct me. The, the Amplified will help us kind of realize what he's saying a little bit better here in verse 24. He says, Oh Lord, correct, instruct, and chastise me. That's, that word correct also means instruct or chastise. But with judgment and just measure, not in your anger, lest you diminish me and bring me to nothing. I love it the way it says it in the Living Bible. It says, Lord, correct me, but be gentle. <laughs> be gentle. Discipline me, Lord. Help me to stay on the right path. Don't hand me over to my own ways. Don't let me make a mess of things because of my own wayward thinking and feeling. Help me, Lord. You see, friends, this is such a godly thing to pray and to believe that God wants to help us. I love Job, who's such an inspiration to Virginia and me. <clears throat> we cannot compare the trials and sufferings we've had in our life to those of Job, but we sure learn from him. We learn from him and how he walked through those trials and how he loved God and was faithful to him and kept believing in God despite his circumstances. <clears throat> and it says here in Job chapter 5 verse 8, As for me, I would seek God. And to God, I would commit my cause who does great things and unsearchable marvelous things without number. He gives rain on the earth. He sends water on the fields. He sets on high those who are lowly 
and those who mourn are lifted high. Verse 17 of Job 5. Behold, happy is the man whom God corrects. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. For he bruises, but he binds up. He has torn, he will heal the same thing. He bruises, but he binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. He shall deliver you in six troubles. Yes, in seven, no evil shall touch you. In other words, and that's quite a common statement throughout the scripture. It says in, David says in Psalm 37, verse 23, the righteous may fall seven times, but they shall arise. And even though they fall, they shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord shall uphold them. You see, dear friends, all of us have that kind of heart that fails. You see, you can't lean and depend on your own understanding. Proverbs chapter three says, and in Proverbs three, he says the exact same thing that that Job is saying and that David says. In Job, in Proverbs three, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bone, bones and so forth. My son, verse 11, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects just as the father, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. You see that statement we see throughout the whole Old Testament, but not just the Old. In the New Testament, the Lord says it several times through to his servants, how those whom he dearly loves, he corrects. He corrects them. It says here in Revelations chapter 3, Jesus himself is saying here in chapter 3, verse 19, He says, those whom I dearly, Jesus saying, and tenderly love, I tell their faults. I convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and your attitudes. You see, when the Lord is in the trial because you submit yourself to him in the trial. You see, not every trial, every trouble, every hardship is from the Lord. Many of them are our own doing. Some of them are the devil's doing. But no matter what the reason is for the trial, if we in the midst of our trials and tribulation submit ourselves to God, He will work through the trial to perfect that which concerns us and complete the work of His hands by forming in us the kind of character and nature that represents Him, the kind of way of thinking and praying and believing and acting and reacting that honors Him. And in Psalm 94, which is a 
beautiful psalm. The psalmist said, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whom you discipline and instruct, O Lord, and teach out of your law that you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. You see, God wants us by our yielding to him to receive in us from him the kind of stature that gives him glory in the midst of our challenges and troubles. You can see the man who's been disciplined, trained, corrected, directed by the Lord, by how he carries himself in the days of, of his adversities and trials. Because one of his first reaction to the trial is to wholly rely and depend and trust in the Lord for all and to completely expect the outcome to be according to the working of his mercy and grace while the outcome is not visible and often obscured by the circumstances, the heart knows that God knows the end from the beginning and that all our future is in His hand. David says, all that I am and all that I have comes from you, Lord, for you give me all that I need. My future is in your hands. You see, there's this spirit of faith that God wants to see in us when we go through our challenges. And it is not an Old Testament way of God's dealing with us. No, it is God who is the father of us all, who deals with us as with sons and daughters. And so discipline, correction, like I read to you from Revelations 3:19, where Jesus says himself, those whom I love, I correct, I discipline, I tell their faults, I convince, I convict, I reprove, I correct. And many times, friends, these corrections come to us when we're going through trials and through hardships. But then I love what it says there in Psalm 94, Lord, you discipline me through your law. You see, God can bring a word to you that begins to weigh on you and weigh on you and begins to affect the circumstances of your life where you are forced to decide if you're gonna go God's ways or your own way. You're gonna have God's will or your will. You're gonna have what He works by His Spirit or what you insist on by your own desires. And this is where the nature of man is changed, where God disciplines by the working of His grace to conform us to His Word, to His Spirit, to His life. And here in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks a, a great deal about God's disciplining us as His beloved children. First, we see the example of Christ in chapter 12, in the beginning there of chapter 12. And then he says here in verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 12, he says, And you <coughs> have forgotten... <coughs> excuse me, the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, he's quoting from the Old Testament, that is in um, 
chapter that's in Proverbs 3 that I read to you. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. That word chastening is the word discipline. Nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scorches every son whom he receives. Scorches. That's a strong word. Scorches. My goodness. Some of us, we only think that the only way God can deal with us if it's all just smooth sailing. No, friends. We sometimes need the Lord to deal with us in the way we need to be dealt with. It says here, he punishes even scorches every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. So if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom his father doesn't chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. Again, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us as we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. No chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, meditate on these few verses here in Hebrews 12. I want to close with you from Isaiah 57, please. And I want you to see something that I believe is a very important lesson in how God deals with us, but also when we are an instrument for another person's correction, that we have the right way of thinking about this. You see, some 34 years ago, in, in, in this coming April 2023, Virginia and I will have been married for 40 years. But some 34, 35 years ago, we were going through difficulties in our marriage that were painful. And Virginia couldn't bear my moments of upsetness as I had some anger issues. And, and I, I, I said to her, yes, I, I agree. I, I repent of being this way. And like Paul in Romans 7, I know to do good, but don't. And I know that's bad, but I do it. Oh, wretched man. I said, yes, darling, I agree. It's wrong. I react that way and I utterly repent. But you see, friends, to be sorry and remorseful is only the first step. And it's an important step as you read in James chapter 4. But there's got to be more than just remorse and repentance where you yourself keep turning from it and say, no, that is not right and I will not be like that. But still, how can I change? And I went to go see the pastor in those days and he spoke to me and he was an old man. He's an ever now 
Oh, he was a beautiful, beautiful, heavenly man, Carl Spiros and his wife, Janice. And they both spoke to me. And I learned a life of praying that I didn't know. And through that life of praying, God was able to come into me in a greater measure to form and transform and conform. And how he liberated me from the way that caused damage to our marriage. And now oh, we are best friends and we're so in love and we're so one spirit. And we're so grateful together to serve the Lord and to be parents and grandparents. But you see, I needed to go through time of discipline. And Virginia and I, not just because, <clears throat> because of this, but also because of the work that the Lord had had us begin here in Britain, we were apart for quite some time and that was terribly painful. Oh, it was so painful because I missed her and loved her and she missed me and loved me. And that was something God also used to chastise me. You see, it wasn't just that we were rejecting each other, but the Lord was using it to chastise me. And I would pray and pray in the way that Pastor Carl Spires taught me. I didn't know how to pray that way in those days. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And the Lord used it all for good to train me, to discipline me, to correct me, to chastise me, to work His divine, heavenly, holy, beautiful nature, new nature in me and make me partaker of His divine nature, of His holiness and transform my heart and make me meek and gentle and lowly by His Spirit in me because it's His meekness, gentleness and loneliness that He's looking for in us. And our lives came back together after some time and it was in the embrace of us coming back together that I was so grateful to have Virginia and to be one with her, that that coming back together was another way in the way that the Lord healed me. So he torn me through the separation time, which I've explained, and he healed me through the reconciliation time. Can you see this? And that is a very important point. I want to close this devotion with reading here from Isaiah chapter 57, starting at verse 15, okay? I'd like you to really hear this out of all that you hear today. This will be the main point I want to make. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. You see, it is, he says, he brings us to a point of contrition and brokenness so that he can revive us and make us anew, so to speak. And then listen to it. For I will not content forever, nor, I, nor will I always be angry. For the spirit would fail before me and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of his covetousness, I was angry and struck him. I hid and I was angry. And he went on backsliding in the way of his heart. 
I've seen his ways and will heal him. I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him who's far off and to him who's near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. You learn this beautiful way of the Father, that yes, we go through a time that we are torn because of the ways that are ungodly, unrighteous, cruel, selfish, lustful, ungodly, wicked. But then he brings us back into an embrace. And that is just as big a part as the correction for the transformation. And that's what I want you to see today. You see, that's what I want you to see. That the embrace, the reconciliation, the healing, to bring us back in to the sweet fellowship of His presence. And we again taste and see that the Lord is good. And we say, I'm never going back into that way of behaving because I don't ever want to lose this. I don't ever want to give up this. I almost lost it all. Almost lost it all. But the Lord was merciful in my failings. The Lord was merciful in my weakness. The Lord restored me in His grace and compassion. I'm never going back there. And you could see the restoration is as big of a work of transformation as the correction and discipline. And the two go together. I have torn, I will heal. Those two go together in bringing a transformation in our lives. It's no different than the scripture saying in 1 John 4 verse 19, we love him because he loved us first. Oh, how our lives are compelled to no longer live to please ourselves by his love as it says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15 or verse 14. So I want to encourage you today. Take this devotion and maybe listen to it a few times. Meditate on some of these scriptures and you will see the higher lofty one, the holy one who inhabits eternity, is ready to heal your broken heart and your contrite, bruised because of sin, spirit that you're so broken that you say, never again, Lord, do I ever want to go back to this way of thinking, talking, acting, or behaving. And here the Lord's healing comes and the correction and the healing brings you into a new place. Amen. Have a good day.